Hello and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and we're so glad that you're here. We use our mojo to really become greater leaders. Now, let's get started by listening to something good. Want to make 2017 your best year ever? Then let me be your teacher, your mentor. I've prepared special courses and webinars for you that will help you succeed and to give you access directly to me. Go to mojouniversity.com and sign up today. You have nothing to lose. Try me for 30 days and if you aren't satisfied, I guarantee you a full refund, no questions asked. Don't go it alone. Let me be your guide at mojouniversity.com. Be successful today. Hello and welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and I'm thrilled to introduce our special guest today. You're going to end for a treat because we're going to talk to Mr. Nitin Choda and Nitin is a wonderful example for all of us and we're going to be talking today about uh, building and managing remote teams which uh, I don't believe we've ever talked about on this show, so I'm looking forward to, to learning his expertise. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Nitin. Uh, he's actually uh, the American dream in person. He arrived in the United States penniless in 2002 uh, as an immigrant. Uh, he delivered pizza, slept in his car, had no real clothes for or money for winter clothes, but he's a hustler. and. He became a licensed physical therapist, entrepreneur, author, and public speaker. Now he owns several multi-million dollar companies managing employees worldwide. He's the author of Total Activation, the five-step fitness mantra. Uh, in addition to being a licensed physical therapist, uh, he is a co-owner of an industry-leading electronic, uh, electronic medical software, InTouch EMR, which uh, offers scheduling, clinical documentation, billing, practice management, and other things for physical therapists. Nitin, welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Well, uh, you have more than earned that right, sir. And before we start talking uh, about remote teams today, uh, why don't you share with our listeners what fun thing that you've been up to lately outside of work? Uh, Steve, again, I want to tell you I appreciate the opportunity. I'm going to do everything I can to add as much value to you folks as possible. Fun thing outside of work, I have a two-year-old son. Um, you know, I've been I've been reading to him uh, quite a bit. And uh, for me, the fun thing, honestly, is just uh, playing with my two-year-old son and, uh, you know, sort of watching him grow, watching him learn, watching him say goofy things like <laughs> no for pretty much anything you say to him. <laughs> And then he'll see he'll see my phone and he'll go, I need that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, 
<laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, I'm 40 years old. I don't know what I need in life yet. How can you be two years old and say? <laughs> well, uh, they learn early. And that's the uh, bottom line. They, they uh, I think we as adults tend to forget sometimes. <laughs> so he knows very clearly. That's awesome. Uh, love uh, two-year-olds. Congratulations uh, on you. your son. And I know it'll be a great experience for you. Uh, mm -hmm. Today, I, I want to, before we start talking about how you actually uh, did uh, or managed remote people and remote teams, uh, mm -hmm. give our listeners a sense of, of your journey that you had to go on in order to become successful. I think that would be very helpful to people. You know, um, I moved to the U.S. when I was uh, 24 years old and back in 2002. And, uh, you know, um, my, my initial, my first job was making $28,000 a year. I, I was in that job for a few years, actually. Um, and I didn't even ask for a raise. I was just happy with the opportunity of, you know, living and working in the United States of America because I, I believe with every fiber of my being that this is the greatest country in the world. Now, I was making about, uh, my paycheck was about $600, $681, if I remember correctly. Uh, after after taxes and for me it was all the money in the world steve at that time and uh, you know and for me um i thought i made it uh but i but i went through a lot after that not only did i lose my job not only did i you know th did i essentially have no money in the bank but i was uh, you know um, i was working as a waiter not because i was going to do not because i needed to do it to make extra money but because that's the only thing i could do Mm -hmm. I didn't have money for winter clothes. I slept in my car because I couldn't pay rent. When I could pay rent, I was in an apartment, in a one-bedroom apartment with four other guys. So there were a total of five of us. And I think there, a couple of, uh, there was a time when we were six of us so that we chipped in a couple hundred bucks. So I've, I've been through that. And to be honest, all of that made me stronger because all of that put me in a position mentally where I fought... Uh, every day to you know to to build a better life for myself i whenever i you know had some money i saved it to put back into my business i didn't go out and buy a fancy car or nice things just so that you know i can afford to buy pretty much any car i want right now um one of my friends has a four hundred thousand dollar rolls royce and he goes why don't you get one and i go listen i'd rather put that money into facebook marketing or something else so that i can then turn around and make that eight hundred thousand dollars and I still drive a 10-year-old Honda Civic. <laughs> For me, a car is a machine that has to have four wheels, and it's got to start when you turn the ignition. That, that, that's my definition. <laughs> of. <laughs> you and I share a similar definition of a vehicle, by the way. <laughs> uh, I, my, I, I don't need a car uh, yeah. uh, to satisfy my ego. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And for me, so, you know, my son is two years old, right? I already have a college savings plan for him. I know exactly how much money he needs to have when he's 18, and I know exactly how I'm, you know, how I'm saving it. I told, I actually told my son when he was born, you own more shares of Apple computers uh, than I do right now. That's because awesome. What I, did, what I did was I, you know, opened up an account with $10,000, and I bought a whole bunch of stocks, and one of them was Apple. And so for me, it doesn't, yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. I, and, and I thank you for sharing that because I, I want 
people to get a sense of uh, I, people that listen to this show are, are people just like you who are driven to succeed. Uh, they they want to get ahead in life, and you've done that. And uh, you've learned a lot of lessons along the way. And uh, one of the things that I know you're an expert in and that I, I want to talk about because you've been, you were able to build your businesses using people that worked uh, virtually for you. And this mm-hmm. is a topic that a lot of people struggle with. They, they really don't know a lot about uh, this particular topic. And I thought it would be great to hear your experience on it. So let, let's start oh. if we can. Uh, when, when you were looking for the right uh, team members to work on your team remotely, uh, what were some of the things that you did to identify the right team members for you? You know, I think that's an excellent question because I was actually going to start there. You know, I, um, identifying the right person is much, much, much more important than, than anything because the right person with the right mindset, the right psychology is a game changer. Is someone who'll stay with you, you know, and who'll make your life easier. So we actually run an ad, uh, believe it or not, on Craigslist. And we have a very simple ad. And the ad basically says, you know, this is who we are. This is the kind of company we are. We are a fun place to work. You can work from home. But we need the kind of person who takes the initiative um, and, you know, who doesn't need to be told what to do. If you're the kind of person that clocks in and clocks out, needs to be told what to do, then, you know, good luck to you. Don't, you know, don't read the ad anymore. And then at the end of the ad, we say, and this is the big one, we say, if you think you're a good fit for us, send us an email telling us about the last time you made someone smile. Boom. That's it. That's a now, great I can tell question. You <laughs> yeah. Steve, you, you will be shocked. Every time we run that ad, and I kid you not, this is not an exaggeration. We usually get a couple hundred responses. I, I kid you not, 195 of them are people who send us an email with their resume. And we actually have a filter inside our email account. If the email does not contain the word smile, because we have a dedicated email for hiring, uh, if the email does not contain the word smile, automatically delete the email. <laughs> I love it. So, so what we do is the five people who take the time to actually say, you know what, the last time I made somebody smile was, you know, I helped someone with their groceries cross the street. And I made them smile and they were very appreciative and that made my day. That right there, if someone gives me a story like that, or for that matter, the last time I made my spouse smile was because I surprised him or her by cooking or whatever, you know, or by doing the laundry or by bringing groceries, um, you know, made them a sandwich, whatever. That actually tells me three key things about the person. One, the person listens to instructions. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's crucial. Number two, the person read the whole ad and understands our culture. And number three, the person is as sort of personality driven and as quirky, if you want to use the word quirky, as we are, because we are a little quirky. All of us, you know, like sometimes when I talk to my team, I'm like, oh God, I was such an idiot when I did that. And my team, you know, they know me by now and they know that I call myself out, which means I have the right to call them out, obviously in a respectful way. And they sometimes call each other out. So we have, a, we have sort of a culture where we work from home, where you know, we don't meet each other. I actually haven't met 
most of my team members. And I'm planning on fixing that this year by doing, you know, a sort of a vacation internationally where I pay for everyone to fly out. It's going to cost me a lot of money, but it's going to be worth it because, uh, you know, I want to meet my staff. <laughs> I love it. So I've been working. I've been working with some people for five years and I haven't met them, Steve. So identifying the right person, uh, you know, is so much more important because the right person can learn, can adapt, can improve systems, can train other people, uh, will always stand by you. But the wrong person, oh my God. I mean, I think most of us don't have a very good hiring process and hiring becomes especially important when you're working with someone remotely. Because um, you're looking for a, a, you're looking not only for people who are honest and you know hardworking, but you're looking for people who jive with you, and that becomes so much more important when you're working from home, even more so than when you're in an office. Believe it or not, because even though you're not face to face with the person all day, you're actually interacting with that person through Skype calls, through video conferences, uh, through email. Uh, and so, you know, the, the, the jiving of the personalities becomes so important. And we ask a question that essentially helps us reveal the candidate's personality. We don't care about their resume. In fact, I don't even look at resumes anymore. I think uh, a lot of people would be better off if they quit looking at resumes and started looking more at the behaviors they want their team to have. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we did a show uh, recently where uh, we were talking about uh, interviews and how so many uh, companies today, they, they really don't know who they're looking for, who's going to fit in their team. They don't even know what characteristics they're looking for. And uh, so that's why they have to have uh, six, seven, eight interviews instead of being able to quickly determine whether somebody's going to match their team or not. Uh, the thing I love mm -hmm. about what you said is that uh, you were looking for people that could follow directions. Uh, and mm -hmm. the, the simple fact is, uh, that's one of the basics uh, in, in, uh, in terms of getting work done. And if you're working remotely, you've got to be able to have people that can actually read directions, understand them, and then execute. So a, a mm -hmm. great quality for us to, to add to, to our own hiring practices. Now, it, it, one of the big areas, though, Nitin, that a lot of people struggle with when they have remote people, they, they, number one, they start off with the wrong person to begin with. They're not getting the right, right. Uh, characteristics to match them. But once they do, uh, people struggle with holding people accountable. Uh, what do you do sure. differently that, that really sets standards for accountability with your team? So there are two things that really matter. One is... Uh, what we call an SOP, a standard operating procedure. And the second is the end of day email. I'll spend a minute or two talking about each of them. And then if you want, uh, if you want me to drill down deeper, I will drill down deeper into each of these subjects. A standard operating procedure is essentially a checklist of step-by-step -step sequential steps that, you know, uh, constitute a process. For example, uh, an SOP, a standard operating procedure for um, you know, for getting, let's just say, for opening up your office. I mean, we're all remote, so opening up the office is not a good example. But how about an SOP for a customer support interaction uh, via phone? You know, step one, greet the, you know, greet the person when you answer the phone. Step two, hear them out. Step three, if you're not clear what they're asking, ask them to clarify. Step four, if the, if the client is, you know, sort of 
agitated, then ask them to calm down. Uh, well, ask them to calm down or do whatever you can do, you know, to help them calm down. Because sometimes, you know, you deal with agitated clients, you know, be professional and polite. Step six, you know, address the client's, con you know, uh, problem as best as possible. So, you know, having specific steps that are actually written down, mm -hmm. which is, uh, which is the foundation for any company. Most companies don't have processes written down. If someone was to open a building that I owned, I would actually have an SOP for them that said, walk to the front door, insert the key inside the, you know, insert the key and turn it clockwise, turn to the right and switch on the lights, turn to the left and switch on the, I would actually write it down to that level of detail. Because those systems, Steve, they allow you to, uh, you know, to transition the job from one person to another, if ever the need should arise. And as far as the end of day email is concerned, all staff members send me an email at the end of the day, answering four questions and the answers to those four questions keep them accountable. Do you mind sharing those four questions with us? Of course. So the first question is, what did you do today? Number two, did you have any problems or trouble accomplishing your tasks today? Number three, how can we make our processes better? In other words, let's say, you know, they mm -hmm. did a call of some sort and they had a problem with the way the customer, let's say the customer was rude to them, mm -hmm. uh, you know, excessively so. And by the way, that does happen sometimes because people tend to, you know, take out their agitation on other people. Um, you know, so, how, so then, the, you know, the customer support person doesn't know how to, in, you know, what to say. I mean, obviously you can't be rude to a customer. What do you say, right? So that becomes mm -hmm. an interesting thing. And the fourth thing is, What's your plan for tomorrow? So again, what, what did you do today? Did you run into any problems or discomfort? Were you uncomfortable about something? Number three, what do you think we could have done better? What do you think we can improve in our company? And number four, what's your plan for tomorrow? I love that. I absolutely love that. I, I, the reason that I love it is because this is a daily process that you're following. It's detailed, mm -hmm. but it keeps you in touch with what's going on with each team member. Mm -hmm. Now, exactly. that, that's awesome. And uh, so uh, if they don't send it, then you know that, okay, they're not following the process. You've already set that Correct. standard. Love it. And you know, when they do send it, when they do send it and what they write is so revealing. Sometimes I learn more about my company from my staff members in these emails than I than I do in my, you know, 15 plus years running my own business. For example, a staff member just came to me this morning. This actually happened this morning and said, this client yelled at me on the phone um, and the client was rude to me. I was, you know, I actually, she actually said this to me. She said, I was almost in tears. I didn't know what to do. So I said, I'd get back to them and I hung up and she asked me what to do. So um, this, was a, this was an extreme and an unusual situation. I'll be happy to tell you how I handled it if you want me to, but this was one example of a situation where I actually had to ask myself, how do you deal with customers who are bad for your morale, who are bad for your company? And it's not, it's not something I ever even thought about because I'm so far removed from the customer support process that I don't realize that sometimes you know, uh, people can be unprofessional towards people who are trying to help them. And I was in that situation this morning. 
And it, the good news is that once you begin to ask yourself that, then you can add that to your standard operating procedures. Correct. So you address Correct. the problem. See, the, from a big picture standpoint, I, what I'm hearing here is that uh, it, it allows you to have the dialogue when there are exceptions to your standard operating procedure. Is that a fair statement? Correct. Which then allows you to keep improving your standard operating procedure. And uh, because you're always documenting and writing it down, then it makes it so much easier for you to train the next person that you either add to your team or if you have to replace a team member. Exactly. Or when you have someone you're hiring, because now you have a written protocol for that person, so that person literally fits into your organization organically, you know, without an extensive training process. Now, uh, you've talked about accountability, uh, and you've already said that, hey, there's a lot of your team members you had not even met. So uh, how do you keep a team uh, atmosphere? How do you create uh, camaraderie with your team? That's an excellent question. So, you know, when you're hiring someone remotely, Steve, you have, the, uh, you have to make a decision. Where is this person going to be located? Now, what's interesting, and I don't know if our listeners know this, but you can obviously hire people in the United States of America. Uh, there's a lot of U.S. citizens actually living in Canada and South America who are, you know, fluent in English, fluent in uh, written and spoken English, who, you know, who will be happy working for $10, $12, $14 an hour. Uh, but here's what's really interesting. There are a lot of, um, there are a lot of fluent English speaking in English uh, you know, people who write English in other countries uh, like India and to a certain extent, the Philippines. Right. So right. my actual, my employees are actually all over the world. Uh, so what we do is, uh, for example, we have a team of about nine staff members in the Philippines out of my total team. My total team is uh, almost 40 people at this point. So what happens is these Philippine staff members get together once every six months in like a weekend resort and uh, I pay for all their meals. They cover the expenses of their stay, but I cover all their meals for all nine of them. And so they get together every six months and that's how they build a kinship. And a lot of the new people I hire tend to be referrals, friends and family, sisters, brothers, off this, off this core group of nine. So we do that uh, in the Philippines, my entire team in the U.S., we meet quite often. We do workshops a couple of times a year where I am the lead speaker and my team flies over. So we make a conscious effort wherever we are in the world to meet up with a local group. And I need to put together a meeting where the entire international group meets up very soon. And the the other thing that you already inferred, and I want to make sure that other people uh, hear this, is that you use technology to help you as well. You use uh, video calls, uh, whether it's with mm-hmm. Skype or other programs. There's tons of ways that you can chat with your team and get to know them well. Oh, yeah. And so you want Absolutely. to take advantage of that. Uh, Absolutely. Now, what have you found to be uh, some of the disadvantages of having a remote team? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, the immediate availability of someone, if you want to pick someone's brain, Mm. for example, let's say I wanted feedback on an email I wrote. I have to, uh, I can, I can obviously call any of my team members on Skype or on the phone because we all have, you know, US phone numbers 
regardless of where we are in the world. But then they might be busy. They might be, you know, busy with another client. They might be on a break. And we are very flexible. Our team members can take, you know, 10 to 15 minute breaks pretty much as often as needed throughout the day, whether it's a bathroom break or just it's a, like a relaxation break. And uh, we've never had anyone take advantage of it. Never, ever. So, you know, sometimes team members might be on break so hard. And even though we get so much done, our work culture is so sort of chilled out that sometimes when I want to get feedback from someone, I can't find someone immediately because my own team doesn't have time for me. Now, if I was working with someone <laughs> in person... I love that. That's correct. a great problem yeah, to they have, have that they're too busy doing right, their yeah, job exactly. and they don't have time for you. <laughs> exactly. If I, was, if I was working in an office, let's say with five other folks, I could just walk over, you know, knock on the door and walk in and say, hey, man, I need to pick your brain. But I can't now because, you know, they're busy on Skype and I call them and they don't, they ping me back saying I'm on a call. <laughs> I love it. I you love know? it. You know, that, that's all <laughs> part of it, though. That's one of the things that you, you uh, to me, it's both an advantage and a disadvantage. Uh, Nitin, I know that uh, people are going to want to be able to connect with you. Before we go any further, why don't you share with the listeners how they can connect with you and learn more about your ideas? Yeah, you know, if you folks visit www.totalactivation.com, that's www.totalactivation.com, you can can get my book called Total Activation where I talk about my philosophy on, on, you know, on life and fitness. And uh, there are also some lessons in there for entrepreneurs. And, uh, you know, my own business is essentially uh, a lifestyle business, which means we have a book as well as skincare and nutritional products that actually complement the total activation lifestyle. So, you know, we have a range of skincare and nutrition products that you can check out as well at totalactivation.com. And if any of you send us an email through Total Activation, we will, and you mentioned Steve's name, we will hook you up. If you are an entrepreneur, and you have a question for me, just mention Steve's name and, uh, and I'll make sure that my team forwards that email to me and I promise I'll get back to you. It may not be right away, but I promise I'll get back to you. And number two, if you're looking for any of our products, mention Steve's name and we'll email you back a discount coupon. How's that sound, Steve? I love it. Thank you very much for doing that. Uh, and uh, for those of you that happen to be exercising right now, uh, don't worry, there's a link in the, the post that you can use to connect to TotalActivation.com. Uh, Nitin, as we wrap this up, uh, I'd like it if you don't mind. Tell, uh, why don't you uh, give uh, our listeners your top two or top three things that you recommend for them to be successful with their remote teams? What would be those top two or three pieces of advice you'd give them? Yeah. Um, number one, uh, we actually, I'll give you three new ones because we already covered the identification part. Uh, so I'll give you three fresh new ones. Number one, always set clear standards. A person who joins you remotely should know, uh, you know, when they're supposed to be at work. Nobody should be like, well, I was, you know, five minutes late because I had to switch on my computer. Well, that's BS because, you know, it's not like you have a long commute. It's probably from your living room to your you know, to your dining room, <laughs> you know, right. so you don't have right. a commute. So please good. So minimum acceptable standards are, uh, you know, be online, be available to take calls. Uh, you know, your, your online status should say available five minutes before the start of your work day, not even the minute off, but five minutes before the start, you're not expected to take calls or respond 
before you start, but you are expected to be online. No way, shape or form, you're allowed to be late. So have minimal acceptable standards. These standards also extend to how quickly you respond to customers, how quickly you respond to emails. So all of that is part of it. The second thing is always, always follow documented procedures. So if you're doing something, make sure you're following a process that's written in our company because we you know if we don't have processes and systems then you know then anyone can do what they want which is not how you uh, scale up a business so you know make sure that everything you uh, do is part of a process if you ever have to deviate from the process and this is where point 3 comes in you have full freedom and full capabilities to deviate from a process if the situation demands it as long as you document what you did and you are willing to be held accountable for it. And by the way, number three happens all the time because they're all, nothing in business is predictable. There'll always be situations when a customer calls back a year and a half after buying a service and saying, I don't like it, I want a refund. Like, you know, you, we get calls like that or not just a refund, but well, I need help with this product, but I don't even have my order ID. So um, we always have situations where the, 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 the team member providing the support to the client has to think outside the box and we give them freedom uh, even if it's not part of our written processes but they need to be held accountable for it and they need to document it because that allows us to go back and say hey here's what you could have done better or gosh you did an excellent job we need to applaud you in front of the entire team so um, those would be the three uh, because constant feedback constant positive feedback and constant um, you know constructive Criticism is an important part of growth. No one's going to be perfect all the time, and no one should be, you know, left unchecked. Because at the end of the day, everyone needs accountability, and accountability is a make or break in a remote environment. Uh, absolutely, those are uh, great tips for all of us, Nitin, and I, I, I really appreciate you sharing that with us today. Our guest has been Nitin <laughs> Choda. Uh, he's the author of Total Activation, the five-step fitness mantra. And uh, I hope that you've learned a lot. And Nitin, thank you so much. Continued success in all that you do. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Hopefully we added some value to your amazing listeners. Steve here. And one last reminder, I want to thank you for listening to the show. And I want to encourage you, go over to mojouniversity.com. Before you forget it, make sure you sign up for our training site. And let me be your teacher this year. I promise you, you're going to be successful. You're going to love it. Go to mojouniversity.com and sign up today.